What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Norton. With me is Paul Costell. No Elliot today. He's actually on his way here to Cincinnati. So I will meet him on Sunday. And we will watch the Manchester United against Arsenal game together like friends. There you go. Yeah. And I will give him a lot of grief if United win. I don't think that's an if. This is like this is like one of those games that you could that you could count on them winning. Yeah, it's one of those one-off games where Mourinho can get everything together. It's not a one-off game in that regard, but it's Arsene Wenger and Mourinho. There's nothing that Mourinho loves more than beating Arsene Wenger. Yeah, no, that's true. Before we get into that game, though, we're gonna spend first half of the show here talking about what went down in the European Cup competitions. We had the Champions League. We had the Europa League. And if we start things off with the main attraction, the Champions League, we saw a phenomenal game between Liverpool and Roma that ended 5-2 to Liverpool. I mean, as a neutral, this was everything you could hope for. Yeah, but are you a neutral? I mean, I don't. I, I, mean, I don't want Liverpool to do well. Of course not. But like, yeah, if you, if you just Liverpool look at it objectively, so, if you look at it objectively, yeah. I mean, well, I don't even know because I, I thought Roma Roma really screwed up. You know, they tactically they changed they changed things and they inserted that extra center back to try to to try to quell Liverpool's attack. And tactically, uh, this is one of those matches where they, where like you get it wrong and like, oh boy, did you get it wrong? Yeah. Because what they tried didn't work and Liverpool really made them pay. They had no answer to, to Mohamed Salah, who just, it just seemed like, it just seemed like every time uh, Roma even tried to get forward, Mohamed Salah was running at them in space the other way. Yeah. Yeah, he had a phenomenal game. Two goals. Uh, Sadio Mane got one. Firmino got two. It was 5 and nothing after 69 minutes. Then Roma pulled back two late goals. One from I mean, Jekyll, it should have been more. Sadio Mane, with the, Sadio Mane with the score nil-nil comes in 2-0. on And all he had to do was play it square to the guy who has 41 goals on the year. At the time, he had 41. Yes. And instead, or he, he had to just play it square or tap it into the corner. And instead, he blasted it over the bar, like yep. high and wide. And then did the same thing when he got the ball from like inside the penalty spot two minutes later. Well, do you think that, I mean, I'm sure he's used to it by now. But I mean, at least at the beginnings when Salah really started to, you know, make a name for himself at Liverpool. Because, I mean, that was sort of Mane's role last season. Do you think he, well, there Mane, was some jealousy there? Oh, oh, tremendous amount. If uh, Mane was in the bad body language Hall of Fame earlier this season. Because, first of all, Salah came in and, and they moved Mane to the right side. And and Salah played on the left. And the left was Mane's side. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Mane was – and he was terrible. And it was, it was really affecting him and it was affecting the team. And then since Coutinho left – it's been different, and, and now, of course, Salah plays on the right. So Coutinho's back in his favored position, but, uh, I mean, Mane is. Yeah. But, yeah, Mane was, coming into the season, it was he was supposed to be the guy. And 
that is obviously Mo Salah, but it's it's not even close. I mean, one guy has 40-something goals, the other one has what, in the teens? Yeah. Oh, but I, it was just those two chances right there. Like, you can't miss those. And those Liverpool could have really been ruining it. And, I mean, I, I guess depending on what happens in the next leg, they might. But I, I don't see that happening. Well, we well we said that about Roma in their last matchup too, though after their first leg. Yes. So I'm not count, I'm not I counting. See, I'm not saying that it's done and dusted. I, I'm not falling Bar- into that trap again. Uh, Barcelona. I'm not saying it's done and dusted either. But I think it, it, it. Here's the thing. Barcelona went out there and just tried to waste and just tried to kill off 90 minutes of the game. Like, they just tried to run the clock out for 90 minutes. And it was like, why'd you do that? First of all, you're Barcelona. Like, you're better than that. You don't need to just sit out there and and hold. Like, you know, you could play a game with Roma and allow them and probably beat them. But, like, you know, if not, score a goal. And then you have your away goal that really provides you with some insurance. They didn't do that. They just tried to run out the clock for 90 minutes. And Roma attacked them and, and beat them on it. I also think that that was a little bit of lightning striking. And now you're asking lightning to strike twice in the same spot in a matter of about three weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's a big ask. It is. But I think Roma will at least make a game of it. They will have the support of their home fans in the next leg and everything. So we'll, we'll there's also happens. There's also one other thing, and you were about to get to it before I cut you off, yes. is that they took Mo Salah off. And that's when Roma turned the game around. And I don't think that happens again. And... It's not even just – it wasn't even about, you know, Mo Salah, saving Mo Salah or, being, or anything like that. When when Salah came off, Roma started to get forward mm-hmm. because they, you know, they, they were able to devote extra guys forward because they didn't have to worry about Salah coming back at them. You know, like every time Roma got forward in the first 69 minutes, they couldn't devote the men forward because someone had to stay there just to stand next to Salah. And as soon as he came off the field, that person's freed up. Yeah. You know, this was the old, this was the old Ferguson move of, it's not that like, you know, we could, you know, like when, when you take off one of your attacking players and put on a defending player, we could throw an extra person into the attack because we, that's one less person that we have to worry about coming back the other way. Yeah, pretty much. Then he'll, he would throw on a forward. He's like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. So. Right. And in this case, it's just your most, it's, you're literally your most potent attacker. Yeah. Yeah. It will be interesting. I mean, it was a fun, fun game to watch and uh, hopefully more fireworks in the next leg. Then that was the Tuesday game. On Wednesday, we had Bayern Munich against Real Madrid. Real Madrid took a 2-1 to away win. Uh, goals by Marcelo and Asensio. Uh, Kimmich got on the score sheet for Bayern. Very, very... What do you think of this game? solid away game for Real Madrid. It was a weird game. Yes. Because it was weird watching Bayern. Because first of all, Bayern season is like three weeks long. Bayern season doesn't start until the semifinals of the Champions League. And depending on whether they make the German Cup final, it ends in the first week of May when they're eliminated from the semifinals of the Champions League. You know, at this point, Bayern pretty much waltz to the semifinals every year. And they, you know, they sleepwalk through their Bundesliga season. So if you're a Bayern Munich fan, these are your two games and maybe three or four games that you can get. But it was, it was very weird because it looked like they had no plan once Arjen Robin went down. Mm-hmm. 
And that, that's a that's a tough ask to because we know Robin has had a lot of injury troubles over the years. He's also old. Also, you have so many talented <laughs> players. Like how how is that your strategy? He's also old. Yes, yeah, he's getting up there. In age. How is that your strategy? And like when when you're watching and you're like, wait, their offense is running through Frank Ribery, and you and you remember Frank Ribery was washed up eight years ago. Like I mean, that's that's a lot and. And my friends and I were discussing because it was like, oh, Ribery's washed up. And it was like, Lewandowski's missing balls that he would never miss two years ago. Mueller's doing God only knows what. You know, like, where are those young guys that Byron were supposed to have that were supposed to be dynamic and game changers? Where are they? And. Oh, I think we'll see Byron go on a little spending spree here. Over the summer. Well, well, like. First of all, where are all the guys that were good in the Bundesliga last year? Because everybody that was good in the Bundesliga, I, I remember watching the final, the final week in the Bundesliga, and pretty much anybody who scored, they're like, "Well, he's already signed by Bayern for next year." Yeah. You know, they they've already uh, uh, who is is it Hoffenheim who's actually had a pretty good season, and they've already locked up their manager because they're like, "Well, we need a new manager next year." So, you know, like <laughs> there hasn't been a really a breakout start in the Bundesliga this year. So I don't know where Bayern are gonna get their players from, but. It was just, it was mind-boggling. And the funniest thing was at one point, John Strong, the American commentator, who's practically the bane of my existence, mentioned something about Ribery and how experienced he was and all those goals he scored this year. He actually said that, like, all the goals that Ribery has scored for them this year, he has six goals. Yeah, all competitions. Not, that's not much. That's six. Not much, really. Yeah. Now, I mean, they do have a couple of, you know, pretty unfortunate injuries. Manuel Neuer's out with a broken foot. Uh, David Alaba also gone. Vidal also gone. Kingsley Coman. That's one of those a little bit younger guys uh, also gone. So Their problem was not Manuel Neuer not being in that. No, no. But I'm saying they do have... I know they are injury ravaged. But... High profile injury ravaged. One thing I don't understand too is Sandro Wagner playing with number two as a striker. What's up with that? Uh, I have no idea. That, that's just weird. That's really, really weird. We saw Jerome Boateng go out in this one, too. He might actually miss the World Cup. I mean, that's really unfortunate for him, but this is like when Marco Royce went out in 2014. They were like, oh, Germany is about to lose one of their most potent attackers. Their C team just won the Confederations Cup. Yeah. Like, they're, they're okay because they still have the reserves from the A team and the B team to call. Yeah, but it sucks for Boateng, though, because that might it actually have been his last World Cup because he'll be 30, going on 34 next time around. I mean, any any injury. Yep. Any injury for a player is devastating at this time of year, especially in a World Cup year. I mean, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain went down. He's out for the World Cup. Yep. And it's devastating. And yeah. it's like you hate to see it happen. It's also why, you know, I also hate when um, – I hate in the first game of a World Cup, like in the first, when teams are playing their first game in the World Cup and the referee gives a soft red. Because oh, it, yeah. like, because that, you just ruined this person's dreams yeah. and you just ruined their country's chance. Because, you know, like, especially if it's one of their top players, it's like, you're probably going to lose this game and you're probably going to lose the game that he misses and then you're pretty much out. Yeah, that's very, but, very true. But, but any, any time someone gets injured at this, at this time, it's, it's devastating for the person, for the team, Germany, they can, they can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. 
But all in all, good win for Real Madrid. Nice for them to get some, you know, secondary scoring so we don't have to see Ronaldo's abs all the time. Yes. Well, we'll see them. I'm yeah. sure we'll see them again. Making me jealous. Uh, Europa League stuff. We had two games on Thursday, the semifinals there, first leg. Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, 1-1 draw at the Emirates. Uh, late goal by Griezmann tied that one up. Like that, was a one, that was a 1-1 loss. Yeah, I mean they Arsenal. They had a good chance there. I mean, Sime Versalku got sent off in the tenth minute. They were playing a man up, a man up for eighty minutes in Wenger's last home game, last European home game, and they couldn't muster anything. Yeah, yeah, that feels super wide open still. I mean, it does. It's not that they couldn't muster anything. Atletico Madrid. This is what they do. They defend. They don't let you score. So I guess the eighty minutes allowed them to score once, but it was like LOL defending from a one nil win wouldn't have done them. I mean, it would have been good, but I don't know how well it would have done them. Cause I, I think on the second leg, you would expect Atletico Madrid to win at least one nil on the second leg. Uh, and certainly not concede and then play that thing out an extra time. It was LOL defending that allows this to slip up. And now at one, one, that's a very daunting task for Arsenal to go in to Atletico Madrid and score a goal because yes. they have to score a goal and that's a big ask. Yes, absolutely. Then the other one, we saw Olympique Marseille take a 2-0 win over Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, Tauvin and Ngi with the goals. Dimitri Paye voted man of the match. How's I mean, he, if you're asking me if I watch this game, I, I no, 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 I, I was I was scrolling between the Arsenal game and the Met game, like, and and you know pretending to actually do work. Yeah, let's see. So, uh, I'm assuming these are league stats, though. But Paya has five goals and twelve assists in twenty nine appearances. Not bad. We'll see if he'll make it into the France squad. So yeah, but yeah, it's a big, it's a big ask. Arsenal, you're trying to win one for the Gipper here and get yourself into the Champions League, so that whoever your new manager will be will start out on the right foot. And, oh, absolutely! Yeah, get Wenger good sent off and all that stuff. And some good, ooh, some interesting things about who that manager's gonna be. Mm, what is the latest? There was a quote from someone recently who is ready to get back into managing and wants to manage at a big English club. I still get a lot of offers. I have now received an offer that I actually cannot refuse. You want to guess who said that? I don't, I honestly don't know. That's Mr. Louis Van Hall. And he has openly said, you know, he's pretty much, he said the United job would be his last job. And then of course it didn't end well. And he has openly said like he's, he wants to get back into managing, but at a big English club so we can get one over United. So Yeah, good luck with that. How much of your own money would you put to have Louis Van Hall take over Arsenal? <laughs> because the answer is more than I'm willing to admit. Yeah. No, that's true. I mean the PSG job is opening up. We got news. He's that... not going to PSG. No, no, he's but not going to PSG. It's and PSG up. isn't going after him. No, but they can go but after Mourinho. To be fair, and... Huh? Yes, hopefully, but United are not bringing in Louis Van Hall. Oh God, that would be um, that would be horrible. He comes in, and he's like, "I'm back." <laughs> um, but 
Would, yeah, let's take that a would be something. Yeah. yeah, let's take a break here real quick, and then we'll come back. We'll uh, do our little scoring prediction and talk about what's happening in the Premier League this weekend. So stick around. Okay, and we're back. If we take a look at the slate of games here for this weekend, we kick things off on Saturday with Liverpool against Stoke. Salah has the chance to break the Premier League goal-scoring record. I mean, that's pretty, pretty big deal if he managed to do that. You know, you would assume that he does it. What's the record? Is the record what Ronaldo? Is Ronaldo the record? Uh, it's Ronaldo and Alan Shearer and Suarez. 31 goals each. Oh, yeah, he'll break that. So that he's on 31 goals right now. He has a couple of games to break it. So, I mean, those are some big names there that he'll be up next to or, sur- you know, most likely surpassing. So good on him. Uh, do we want to actually, let's just do this. Let's just get into the scoring predictions. Let's pull up the sheet. Uh, let's see here. Paul, I'm still winning. Paulie, you're in the lead. Uh, did you put in the scores from last week? I did. You did? Okay, Paulie. I even put in my predictions this week. I'm going to have to look them up to see if I want to keep them or change them. Okay, there we go. Paulie in the lead, 262. I'm second, 254. And then Elliot is last with 227. So Have, I, have we beaten our scores from last year yet? Uh, oh, no, I'm even with my. Oh, that was the... Okay, I was reading the scores from last season. Sorry, my bad. Oh. Paulie, 260. Sebastian, 236. Elliot, 223. Oh, so I, me and Elliot are close to to topping off. Yep. Yeah, I still need some some catching up to do here. Uh, let's see here. Yes. So Liverpool Stoke, you have three nothing Liverpool in this one. That's a very, yeah. That's we're a staying with that. Very very good scoreline. I'm gonna have to be different and say four nothing then. Goals go. Yeah, more. I mean. This could easily be like I, I just. This could easily be more so. If if it goes the other way, I would think it's more Liverpool playing down to Stoke. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see Stoke being able to do anything. I just maybe Liverpool saving some fresh legs because they do have ninety minutes to kill on on Wednesday. Um, and Roma have a very easy tie as well. Yeah. So who are they playing? Like someone at the bottom of Syria. Oh, okay. Okay. At home. At home. At home. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, then we got Burnley at home to Brighton. You got one nothing Burnley. That's also a very good prediction. And once again, I'm going to go one goal above you. So two They've nothing. been scoring too. Like, two nothing Burnley. Week, but, but this is like one of those I'm taking the points because every time I go 1-0, they win. Yeah. Whether whether or not they win 1-0 or not. No, that's true. We're taking the points. Yeah. Then Crystal Palace against Leicester. Crystal Palace, they are at home. You got a 1-1 draw in this one. Also very tempting. But I'm going to give I'm going to give them the win. I got a Palace? Yeah, I'm giving I'm old Roy. I'm giving him the one nothing. I like Roy. I like Roy and and the Leicester are yeah, I like, I like where you're going with that. Let's yeah. throw a little bit in disarray. Now, Roy's hilarious, too. I, saw, I recently saw a clip on Twitter because he used to manage 
in Sweden many, many, many years ago, like in the 70s or 80s. And now he, you know, he trained Malmö. Malmö, they were in the Champions League a couple of years ago. And they got a Swedish Cup final. And all of a sudden on Malmö's Twitter, there's a message from Roy Hodgson speaking in very nice English, Swedish, and it's hilarious. So very lovable character. Uh, Southampton against Bournemouth. You're going two to one Bournemouth. I'm going to go with the draw here. I'm saying one, one. Southampton are so bad. They are, but they're so bad. They're in so much trouble. Desperation. Southampton. Yeah. But what they are is the example of getting too big for your boots. Um, we know what the club is. We know you're a club that develops players and sells them off. You don't really have an intention of keeping them. And that is totally fine, but you need to, understand that there's a ceiling there and when you hit that ceiling you're not going to get better and they thought that they were going to get better and they fired Claude Puel for reasons unbeknownst to anybody yeah. and they've gone in the tank and and you also have to understand that you need to make contingency plans because yeah um while you sold people sold really good players like three four years in a row like you you might have an off year you might have a year where no one breaks out. For oh, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't bank on the academy, you know, bringing in high-caliber players every season. Right, yeah. I mean, you could bank on your academy churning out very high-quality players, but you, you can't do it every year. No. You have to know that in some years um, it's just not going to happen, and if you have a decent manager, you, you shouldn't fire him because you wanna, you're more ambitious than that. No, and I mean, look, too, at what they, you know, I'm going to try and pull up here real quick and see what they, uh, uh, let's see here. Where is, why am I getting, okay, this is really, really weird. Uh, There we go, Southampton. Transfer mark, there we go. Uh, I'm going to see here what they actually went and, you know, what they bought. Um, they didn't really buy a lot this year. No, but they really big, didn't. Big South Coast Derby, I'm going with the away team. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 1-1 one, one there. Newcastle at home to West Brom. You got a one nothing for Newcastle. We're putting in a change on that one. Okay. I'm giving Newcastle 2 nothing. Oh, I am I am going one one draw because I forgot about um, West Brom's really new jacked manager who seems to be getting results. Okay, the, yeah, he looks like a it's bouncer. It's too little, too late, but yeah. I'm yeah. going with him. No, he looks like a bouncer, really. He's yeah, super well, jacked. he's getting results. Yep. Then Huddersfield at home to Everton. You're going with a one nothing win for Huddersfield. That's yeah. I don't like that pick either, but I can't. You want to. Two one nothing wins in a row here for them. Yeah, I don't really trust Everton. I'm gonna go two one Everton. Time for Rooney to do something. Swan, no, he hasn't scored since before, like since like New Year's That's Day. What I'm saying it's time for him to do something. Remember, I picked him to to get 15 goals, and it was looking really, really likely. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, where does he sit now? How many does he have? He hasn't scored since, like, New Year's Day. He's either at, like, 10 or 12. Uh, Uh, Looking it up right now. Yeah, please do. 
Yeah, for Swansea, Chelsea, you have two. He's at 10. He was at 10. He got his 10th goal on December 18th. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, that prediction looked very well back then. Wow, that is one hell of a slump. He has 11 goals in all competitions. Jeez, dude. I mean, to be fair, though. To be fair, that was around when Big Sam came in, and Big Sam now plays him as a midfielder. Yeah, as a, as a more defensive midfielder. Yeah, but I mean, even if you know, if you, you would assume that he would knock in a free kick or something. Something he was never like on. Well, actually, he was pretty good at free kicks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but like if you remember that goal he scored against Stoke on the opening day of the season when he made that pass and then made that late run and like followed it and made that late run into the box for that big header. Yeah. He's not making that run anymore because that's not his position. True. Very, very true. Uh, Swansea at home, Chelsea. You have 2 nothing, Chelsea. Yeah, leave that. Oof. Once again, I'm going to have to go one above you. I'll say 3 nothing, Chelsea. I just don't want to pick this. I feel, feel like 2 nothing is very, very doable. Uh, West Ham at home to Manchester City. You have 4-1 to one City, so you're giving West Ham a goal. I'm going 3 nothing City. Yeah, I felt charitable. <laughs> that was really yep. the reason. Then we got the, you know, the big matchup of the week. Manchester United against Arsenal at Old Trafford. You're going 2 nothing. For United, I'm gonna stick with one and nothing United. And then lastly, we got Tottenham Hotspur against Watford. You got three nothing Spurs. I'm gonna go one above you again. Four nothing Spurs. A lot of goals here. Hopefully. <laughs> Actually, uh, yes. You no, I'm going. It? I'm changing that. Yeah. Two nil. Two nil. Well, then I can yeah. ch- then I can change mine to three. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Harry Kane's way out of is is injured, and they built their whole team around him. Yeah. So. I'll go three it's, nothing. I'll it's go. a matter of it's a matter of how much can Christian Eriksen score. Yeah, maybe Sultan can chip one in too. Right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, we'll have to remind Elliot to put his picks in, so he doesn't fall behind too much. Um, and ask him how much of his own money he would put up to make Louis Van Hall their manager. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we should say that... He's actually not terrible for the job, as Elliot and I were discussing earlier this week. Like, you kind of just need to hire somebody like Carlo Ancelotti for two years and then hire whoever you want to be your next manager because it's very hard to be the guy after the guy. Yes, so, but I would much rather have a Ancelotti than Oh, Van 100%. But, oh. but, like, it, you know, just go in. I mean, the players that Arsenal have right now don't fit Van Hall at all. No. Um, but, you but know, how, that's, you need someone like that where it's just like, yeah, we could have this guy for two years, and then no matter how successful he is in two years, like, we can get rid of him and actually bring in the guy yeah. that we want. Because he's going to fail. <laughs> how, do you, how would you feel about Unai Emery then? Who's leaving PSG? Um, I mean, it, again, it's just like if you if you deem anybody good enough to do it long term, you can't hire them now. And I don't. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he's got, he's make... he's going to get a new job in the summer if they don't snap him. Right. Up. Yeah. Well. 
They have options. Okay, Let's so, put it that way. So we want this to happen. We want PSG to get Mourinho. Then we want United to go after Simeone. And then Emery can take over Atletico. There we go. We've solved it. Is is Simeone the one we want? Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I love the guy too. He's charismatic. He's everything. But like, he's also a defensive 1-0 mastermind. I'm okay with that. We're okay with that. So we're okay with that. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm more just, I'm, I'm just... more okay with that because he has a a real plan that actually works that is still pretty modern. Right. He's not a douche, and he's not like I'm here. I just need better players, and and like he lets his play like you know he figures out how to get the best out of his players. Yeah. Yes. Because you don't see you know Griezmann. Even though he's been rumored to leave, he's still there. He's still playing well. Yeah, but you know what? Players, like, you don't seem to see, like, the ones that are actually playing, the ones that don't get dropped for no reason, don't seem to, like, really hate Jose. Like, Chelsea, Chelsea no. players, like, welcomed him back with open arms. He sold Zlatan from Inter, and Zlatan signed back on with him. Oh, yeah. No, he's a smoozer. I mean, he... Yeah, that's, that's the oh, biggest yeah. issue is he's a schmoozer. and. Yep. And he he he'll sell he could sell ice to an ex to an Eskimo like mm-hmm. uh, that's a bit of an issue. The question also the question is like when when Jose managed a team like Atletico Madrid he was that guy he was and, and the the evidence is in Jesse Lingard that's where he's at his best like he turned Frank Lampard into that he turned Didier Drogba into a into a world class striker he made John Terry John Terry he took that Inter team that was good and above average and he made them great yeah that's where his strength is his strength is not managing players that cost 100 million pounds and when he went to real madrid that's what he was dealing with and he lost them. and then he goes back to chelsea where he's still dealing with and he lost them and then he goes to united and that's what he's dealing with so diego simeone is the same thing like his strength is he's taking these players and making them better than the sum of their parts can't, like, will he also lose that when he goes to a club that can get him the best players? Like, you know, if if all of a sudden his, you know, if all of a sudden he came to United and Pogba and Alexis aren't playing the way he wants to play, is he going to sit there and be like, "Well, I need better players"? I don't or, think. I don't think he would. I don't think so either because he's not a giant douche. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I, I, my preference is Thomas Tuchel because. I just look at it like get somebody like we have so much attacking talent and Thomas Tuchel can work with that attacking talent and hire like make sure that your number one assistant uh, manager is essentially your defensive coordinator who can teach your defenders how to defend. And then that's all you need to to worry about. Yeah. No, that sounds like a good plan. Tuchel uh, seems to be one of the favorites for the PSG job. So we'll see. And maybe Tuchel can like lure away like Julian Weigel. So. Yeah, which would be a much better option than Nemanja Matić, whose legs are going to fall off like next year. <laughs> well, he has been playing a lot. Yes. Okay. With that, we'll say goodbye. We'll talk to you again after the weekend. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Apologies, Pequistel. Elliot is Keats was better. Until next time, have a good one. Bye bye.
Open.